Good morning, everyone. This is Toby Tobin, and this is Real Estate Matters. For nine years, the voice of real estate in Flagler County and Palm Coast, Florida. I'm a Florida licensed commercial realtor with Grand Living Commercial Realty. This show is sponsored weekly by the Flagler County Home Builders Association, by Klein Construction, American Village, a gated 55-plus community where I am a resident, recent resident, and Hammett Community Church, where you'll find me every Sunday. You've got a lot of sponsors now, Toby. Yeah, well, that's the, glad uh, ending. the uh, little church in the hammock. That's delightful. That sounds like the church Jimmy Buffett would have gone to. This is uh, co-host Walker Douglas uh, talking over my intro here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hello, Walkman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just a, we have a minor update on the August numbers from last week. Last week... I told you that there were 243 homes sold through the MLS system. Now it's up to 244. Oh, all right. But the, the everyone matters. That, that one. Well, this one mattered because it was another million dollar home. So that screwed your numbers up pretty good, didn't it? Well, it takes the number up to 10 million dollar plus homes sold in the county last month, and eight out of the 10 cash. were cash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, uh, so far in September, uh, about 80-some homes sold, running about on score with last year. But there have been no million-dollar-plus homes yet. And here we are, you know, halfway through the month. But of the top ten, eight of them were cash. So we're holding with that. I mean, you almost, like... If you're looking at a million dollar home, odds are you've got the funds. And if you're going to put twenty percent down, there's two hundred grand. So you're, you're paying seven. You're paying seven percent on an eight hundred thousand dollar loan. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. Mm-hmm. Well, it, so you know, there's a segment of the market that almost doesn't exist of people paying, people getting mortgages for million dollar and above homes. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think you're probably right. There's a, a recent study showed that a thousand people a day moving to Florida net but that's a net number because some are moving in and some are moving out but okay the net number is a, roughly a thousand new residents a day and I didn't bring the numbers with me but the incoming mig- migrants are have a higher net worth and a higher uh, median household income than those leaving by a substantial margin. Oh, that's really interesting. So that plays a part. So there's so many headwinds against affordable real estate, and that's one of them. People coming here, and this is these are factors of the market that you're not going to control, right? People coming here are more affluent, and people that are leaving are less. So that's going to drive up the price of homes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, they they come with wealth. As well, you know, they're they're bringing more uh, spendable income here. Of course, and and uh, Florida gets the majority of their state income from the sales tax, which is a good thing, especially since a percentage of the sales tax is paid by people that are just visiting here. And if they're bringing wealth with them, I guess what I said earlier may have been sort of reductive because the assumption would be. Um, that they're spending money locally, more money 
mm-hmm. than other people would be, which is adding to the economy, adding opportunity, and adding potential income for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Both sides are easy to see. Now, the median price in August was 360000 That's the same range we've been in all year since January. Days on market, 36, which is quite low. Uh, the median days on market. Yeah. Uh, although in September, so far, it's, o- it's over 40 days. So it looks like days on market is creeping up a little bit. But there's still, all the signs are that we have market strength going forward. The demand is just so high. Now, nationally, uh, there, there's a range of numbers that are put out there, but the one that is probably most common is is uh, five, we're five million homes short, mm-hmm. shy of what we need in this country. And that's not a number that's going to be made up in any short period of time. So if comparatively, if we have a thousand people a day moving here, so we're a net in-migration state as opposed to California and New York, which are uh, net losing residents, that our housing shortage will be even more severe. Yeah. I guess one one silver lining of the longer days on market, you said close to 40 is the average now? <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Well, so far in uh, October. Uh, in terms of affordability, that makes me think that the, the robo BlackRock buyers are bidding up less homes because um, back in the heyday, the COVID heyday, I mean, things were, as soon as they'd hit the internet, Zillow or BlackRock would submit an offer mm-hmm. or somebody would have an offer and then they, you know, some odd LLC from somewhere would also submit an offer. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's a national phenomenon, yeah. but it's typically uh, seen only in the large metro areas. We're not seeing it here very much. Leave, leave it to the yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, I know it's occurred here, but you're absolutely right. It's usually relegated to like Orlando, Tampa, Jacksonville, Miami, mm-hmm. those markets. Mm-hmm. But I have seen it here. Yeah, but they're, they're it's only the. I can't remember the name of the company, but uh, bought my stepson's house last year, and they flipped it in about two months for about twelve thousand more than they paid for it. So they took a they took a bath when you factor in the transa- transaction right fees costs. So there's just uh, there's a certain amount of density I think you need if you're if you're going to be doing if you're and if you're buying. For the rent, the rent market, uh, this this company was a flipping market, but the BlackRock is supporting a lot of the buy to rent market. And there's economies in scale. If if you're doing property management, you know managing a hundred properties, you can do much more efficiently than managing seven. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Institutionalize it. So it's an odd market. Uh, you look at you look at the the graphs, the charts. They look so much like they did fifteen years ago, but that's that's where the similarity ends. Just the way they look, all of the underlying factors under today's market are different than those that were supporting or or destructing the market fifteen years ago. 
So we're, uh, back then, interest rates were lower. They, they hadn't hit bottom yet. I mean, they've been a lot of people own homes with mortgages less than, less than 3%. And if they, if they didn't uh, buy at the time when mortgages were 3%, they likely refinanced. At, at that amount. Right. So there's a tremendous amount of equity in the market today. But people are locked in. You know, 15 years ago, people were locked in because they were underwater. That's right. <clears throat> they, they couldn't show up at a closing table and write a big check, which they would have had to have done. Today, people have lots of equity. I mean, they could, a lot of people could sell their home for half price and still get cash at the table. So now they're locked in because they have so much equity. It's the opposite problem. Well, they're they're locked in because and they got a great rate. Because they have a great rate. Yeah. But so put yourself in the position of somebody who's trying to trade up. You know, now they've got since they bought the house, now they've got two more kids. They need at least one more bedroom, maybe two, uh bigger yard, be nice to have a pool. You're not supposed to want those things, Toby. <clears throat> and why would that be? Kids in bigger yards. No, well, that's right. It's <clears throat> density. It's all about density. <laughs> that's right. So, they want you eating grasshoppers and living <laughs> in apartments forever. Uh, but if you you put three kids in one bedroom, that's density. Isn't yeah, it? and that's the standard of living for human history, with the exception of the last like sixty years, if that. Mm, true. But if you're if you're Going to be trading up, you know. Home prices have gone up a substantial percentage in the last three years. So, if even if you bought just three years ago, but you're you're in at three percent or three and a half percent, and you want to trade up, so that means a bigger house that you would expect you'd have to pay a little more for now. But now you've had a few raises in the last couple of years, so you're feeling pretty good. Done pretty well. But then you'll look at the numbers and. You're paying two thousand a month now for the mortgage at three and a half percent. You're going to buy a house that's more expensive because prices have gone up. And if it's going to be a bigger house, it's going to be more expensive because it's bigger yet. Yeah. And then at seven and a half percent, you go, "Wow!" You, I mean, you in thirty-two hundred. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're really frozen out, and so people feel stuck but i i think there's there's a deeper side to this this debate though because if if you're praying for mortgage rates to go down because they have to go down as i am as a potential first-time home buyer well that's another scenario we'll talk about that but if let's assume mortgage rates go down to five percent that'll that Home prices stay the same. That would be a that would open up the door for some number of buyers that feel they can't afford to trade now. But yet, when mortgage rates go down, that's in today's market of undersupply of homes. That's going to push prices up. So you're going to end up the the house that you didn't think you could afford at seven and a half percent yesterday. You can afford now at five and a half percent, except for the fact that the house is now sixty thousand dollars more to buy. <laughs> oh, the the hand is the invisible hand is very efficient. Yeah, well, you know, in, inflation never 
reverses itself. I mean, it's, I paid $9,000 for my first house. Yeah. Don't smirk at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was a, it was an old house. It was a, once a farm tenant house. It was a duplex. And I rented the other side out for a hundred dollars a month, which covered my mortgage taxes and insurance. And you, yeah, you did some substantial renovations with your own two hands too, not to mention. Oh, I I did, but only to the other side. (laughs) So the the tenant was the beneficiary. So you can't wait because if you're waiting for interest rates to go down so that you can afford something, you'll have a lower monthly payment. By that same token, the price of that home will go up because more people mm -hmm. like you are waiting. And when that rate does go down, they'll say, oh, it's my time to buy and the offers will pour in. Days mm-hmm. on market will shrink like it used, like it was before a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, and you're boxed out again. Yeah. So, what's the takeaway? The takeaway is get off the sidelines, and you might as well might as well buy now. Overextend yourself. And, well, you wouldn't be overextending yeah. yourself any more than you would if you waited for the other scenario. That's a great you know, point. Low, lower rates but higher prices. You're, and what are you doing right now? What are you paying in rent right now? You know? and, and well, no, you're not. I'm not talking about the first time buyers yet. This is these are people that are trading up. Mm-hmm. Okay, now um, let's take the trading down scenario. That's probably it's a better market for somebody trading down because they they don't quite fall into that trap because they'll be buying a home that's less expensive. And that's what I just did. I sold a a condo for substantially more than than I paid for, for the house. So I was able to cash out the condo and have money to put in the pocket. You're the exception to the rule. Well, it's it's a minority of the market right. today that's doing that. And uh, we have to take a break now. Uh, good topic around here. We won't, we won't go away from it for a while. Stay with us. I think it's time for a change. So um, I'm really happy and just thankful to all the voters and excited. Free for all Friday, where local newsmakers talk it out. Um, I think uh, the school board in the school district needs to do a better job at in- inviting parents and families into our schools and making them feel welcome. Hi, I'm David Ayers. Join me and Brian McMillan every Friday morning following the news at 9 on WNZF and worldwide on the Flagler Radio mobile app. Welcome back, everybody. This is second half of Real Estate Matters, brought to you by Hammond Community Church, American Village, Klein Construction, and the Flagler County Home Builders Association. Good association. Yeah. So here with uh, Walker Douglas in studio, we're just talking about the quandary people are stuck in uh, right now with the market. Uh, what no, a quagmire. Nobody, Nobody really knows what to do because the market is in a place it's never been. Does anybody ever know what to do, though? Does that for anybody ever? <laughs> Isn't that a song? People get lucky. Yeah. Well, that's it. You know, um, somebody told me a long, long time ago that it, it really, the only two prices that matter are the price you pay for your first home and the price you get for your last one. Yeah. Because everything in the middle is you're just shifting assets around. And that's largely true, but only if you're 
moving horizontally in the market. If you you know like you have a job change, so you got to move to another city. Uh, in the down market, you're going to sell your existing house in a down market, but your the advantage is you buy a, your replacement house in a down market. And the same is true if they're both transactions are in an up market. But if you're if you're trading up or trading down, that becomes less true. So when you know if, doesn't matter uh, where the market is if you're if you're trading up or down. I mean, you're you're going to it's a percentage. If you're right. trading down twenty percent, you're going to get twenty percent of your twenty uh, percent less in the in the new house. I don't know. I guess my point is, it seems like there's a, a journal article about it's titled "The Fallen Home Prices May Already Be Over." Listen to this: a panel of more than one hundred economists and housing analysts surveyed in March ex- expected home values to fall about two percent year over year by the end of twenty twenty three. When surveyed again in August, that same panel predicted prices would rise 3.3% by the end of the year instead. That's a 5% swing. So So what other profession can you have that margin and still survive? Or or be that wrong and be be asked again. (laughs) And still, okay, we're going to adjust our expectations. Uh, So I don't know. The point being that there's not a whole lot you can do to like there's not a there's not a legitimate crystal ball but what it looks like right now and what you're telling me is if rates fall then houses will become more expensive mhm yeah and and it'll be like a zero sum game you you'll end up now if if you wait for rates to go down and prices to go up so say 2 years from now you you finally trade up okay you're going to be paying the same amount of money a month Anyway, as, as, as you would if you did the transaction today, the difference being that a higher percentage of your payment will go towards principal reduction right. and less, less will be interest. So that's, a, that's really a um, – most people don't think that deeply. Sort of begs the question, can we really do anything and does anything actually matter? Well, Are we just uh, on a hamster wheel <laughs> in space? Uh, you know, and this is – this factor is more important in Fargo County where the, the median age is so much higher than the national average. But, you know, if you're, if you're 65 and you're, you're thinking about making this decision, should I buy now, trade up now, or should I wait, or, or downsize now, or should I wait a couple of years and maybe mortgage rates will go down? Well, when you're 65, two years is probably 10% of the rest of your life. That's one way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's... It's it's, uh, it's a brown lining. <laughs> but, and, and it would be your best 10% too, because as you age, these things generally go downhill. Yeah. You know, health-wise and sometimes economic-wise. So it's... Um, but what about the first-time home buyer? Now, you're, you're actually in the market. You're looking at homes. Perpetually. Okay. Uh, so you are in a hamster wheel, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, tell tell me about your experiences so far. If you're if you're looking for a deal, it's a deal because it needs so much work that it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. So you can't get a deal, is what I'm saying. You're going to pay for something if you want to live in something nice. You're going to have to pay for it. Yeah, relatively and it, nice, and that that's true whether you're looking to rent or looking to buy because in today's market at least in our 
version of today's market here in Flagler County, all housing types are in short supply. And, oh, yeah. And they're all expensive. There's no no room for negotiations. But it's it's easy to get discouraged as a first-time home buyer, but it's, I mean, this is nothing new. Since the dawn of civilization, shelter has been paramount and has not been the easiest to come by. People have fought and died for for the right for the right to live in that cave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So And so it's so it's all part of the battle. You just have to find a cave you can afford. That's right. And it might be leaky even. So uh you're a millennial now, uh first time potential, first time home buyer. How many years do you think it's gonna take before you become a died in the wool nimby not wanting to have anybody living anywhere near you who's a renter. I don't know because I don't know when I'm not going to be a renter anymore and I'm no hypocrite. (laughs) Uh, But that's an interesting topic because the way home prices are going up uh, with housing affordability, uh, we're we're turning our middle class more and more into a rental society. And it, it it isn't because... I mean, the, the rental prices are just as high as the home prices. I mean, the, the mo- what you can afford per month, is, whether it's a mortgage payment, taxes and insurance, or whether it's rent, is roughly the same in yep. today's market. There's no real advantage of owning uh, versus renting other than the appreciation uh, on, on a home if you have it. So affordability on the lower end is is continuing to be a problem and it looks as long as we have people moving into the state that are going to be driving prices up because they can afford higher priced homes uh, it's going to be an ongoing challenge in Florida but I have good news for you and this I think this will elicit some mock sympathy from you Toby another journal article about an apartment glut in South Florida offering price relief so the the higher end of the middle class, if not the lower end of the upper class, uh, is experiencing some relief on rental prices. Rents are still edging higher in Miami metro area, but rent prices for the more expensive apartments. So, you know, mm-hmm. places that I'm living in, places that people are working, bartenders, nurses are becoming more expensive. But rent prices for the more expensive apartments were down about 1% in the second quarter. As more luxury units become available, they're taking longer to rent. Vacancies have risen from 5.6% from a low uh, in 2021 of 3.6%. So it's getting more affordable, Toby, for people uh, who don't need it to become more affordable. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> It's, uh, it's ironic. Uh, a recent uh, National Association of Realtors study showed that uh, wealth gain uh, by houses through home ownership is traditionally the, uh, the way most people have accumulated equity during their lifetime. Yeah. Uh, and and that's, that's true for all economic sectors. But if, if you bought five years ago, Low-income homeowners have gained an average of $74,300 in equity. Uh, mid-income owners have gained 84300 in equity. High-income owners have gained uh, 
191.7 thousand in equity. But interestingly, they they also took the comparison back to 10 years ago and 15 years ago. These same five-year gains are are the same as the 15-year gains. <laughs> so in other words, we this this just proves what I've said all along. We lost 10 years. Yeah, you did. So it took 50, the prices of 15 years ago uh, were equaled by the prices five years ago. And, and a lot of this boils down to, I would argue, hyper, <clears throat> hyper-regulation permitting timelines. Um, and people... You hear complaints about the cost of materials in the construction industry. A lot of that is regulation, and and you hear you hear complaints about uh, labor, and that's sure we have to fix our uh, our laws regulating our borders. E Verify is going to chase away. A certain percent of the labor for of of the mm-hmm. construction force in in Florida, no doubt about that. And that'll you know where you fall on on that side of those politics, regardless of where you fall, that's going to increase the cost of construction as well. You know, we should uh, get someone from the Home Builders Association on again soon to talk about. Anna Marie's great uh, on that. Yeah, stuff. she is. She's good. Well, we're at the end of the show, folks. Uh, we will be back next week. We hope you will be as well. I'm Toby Tobin, and I approve this show. Woo-hoo.